Hello and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I'm your host. Today we're joined by another special guest, Cornell Thomas. Cornell is a dear brother to me. Um, he's a speaker, author, mentor, app developer, summit convener, and just an all-around awesome guy. His specialism is mindset. Mindset, and so he'll be unpacking how can we pivot in this hour so we do not perish, and what mindset strategies we need to think about in this hour. Really, really incredible episode. So tune in. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Connected Generation. This week we've got a special guest, very special guest, my brother and Cornell Thomas, who is a storyteller, thought leader, podcaster, speaker, mentor. I don't even know where to stop. He's got his own app. He's got his own planet. <laughs> He's taking over the world. An amazing gentleman this week. So I'm excited about this. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me, sis. I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you. Awesome. I was, you know, um, you put up these quotes and memes on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And there was one that you put up that really stuck out for me because it's so pertinent for next gens. It was, if you let everyone talk for you, it's only a matter of time before you let them walk for you. Mm. And I was just like, whoa. <laughs> because a lot of next gens really struggle with getting their voices heard. Yeah. Um, having very dominant, strong personalities around them. Can you just speak to that, your ideas yeah. on how you can, you know, in that situation where you, you feel like you don't have a voice, how can you, you know, find your voice? Yeah. yeah, I think the first thing, the first thing is realizing that you have one, right? That's the first thing. And then understanding that your voice travels where you go. And I don't care where I go to speak, Africa, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, or whatever, I never leave my voice home. I always bring my voice with me because it's important. The voice is such a crucial part of who we are and for people to know who we are. So if you, they don't hear your voice, they will assume who you are. And that's the problem with not using your voice because people are going to label you anyway. When you don't speak up and let them know who you are, that label is going to be correct in their mind. And so the next thing that you know, they're talking about Nikki Anani or they're talking about Cornell Thomas, it's going to be this, from, their, from their perspective. So it's very important, even if you have strong personalities around you, to find your voice. And finding your voice isn't being the loudest person in the room. Finding your voice is speaking up for what's right, speaking up for yourself, speaking up for injustice. And that's why it's always funny to me, and we talked about this a bunch of times, when things happen in the world that are you know, about injustice or things that matter, the loudest voices are the most quiet, right? So we have to be- wow. We have to be unpack, really- Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Unpack that. The loudest voices yeah. are the most quiet. Unpack that. Yeah. yeah. So it, whenever you're going through your Instagram, you're going through your social media, right? You're always hearing about these people, these dudes and these men and females that are talking about their coaching program or how to live a better life and blah, 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 rainbows and butterflies. All this, can I curse on here? Go ahead. Okay. All this bullshit, right? So like, and you're sitting there like, oh my gosh, this person really cares about humanity and blah, blah. And then next thing you know, something happens to black folks, right? Or something happens somewhere else in the world or something's happening in Africa, right? Something's happening somewhere. 
and these jokers are quiet because if they speak up on matters of injustice, their coaching programs, their book sales, that lame ass seminar that they run every year and say the same thing, it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna falter. We don't wanna lose people. So you're about your economic wealth and that's it. You're not about, you don't have a true voice. To me, a true voice is saying what you believe in even when it's gonna come out of, under fire. That's a true voice. I'm gonna tell you how I feel regardless. Regardless, whether you like it or not. And there are people who are gonna like what I say and don't like what I don't care. That's the part of having a voice because what I'm saying isn't uh, filled with hate. What I'm saying isn't divisive. What I'm saying isn't angry or mean. It's just how I feel about a subject in my opinion. So uh, I just feel that when, especially in your, when it comes to next gens, is you have to, it's okay to see the footprints in the beach, but you don't have to walk in them. You can walk beside them and you can make those footprints even bigger. My son looked at me, I, told, I think I told you this story, my son looked at me months ago when we were, he just finished a shower. My son was six at the time, he's seven now, my son Bryce. And Bryce looked at me and he goes, daddy, he goes, I wanna be just like you. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, listen, I said, I appreciate that. I love you for saying that, but you're not gonna be just like daddy you're gonna be better than daddy. And he looked at me and he was so confused. And I said, my job on this earth is to make a better version, a newer version, an upgraded version of who I am. I was like, daddy's, daddy's pretty cool. Daddy's got some things going on, but if you're not better than me, I'm not doing my job. And that's what these next gens have to understand. It's like, it's cool to look up to your mom and your dad and say, wow, like this is great. What you're doing is great but you can expand upon it. And it's not disrespectful saying that you can. It's not disrespectful believing that you can. If your parents love you, they're gonna want you to, right? So there's just so many layers. Like I was afraid to say that my dad died when he was 41 years old. And I've never met, I haven't met too many people in life that have been on this earth for only 40 years and have had a street named after them or wards named after him. And I was saying to my oldest brother, like, you know, dad is doing so many great things. My oldest brother said, hey, see, understand something. Dad didn't, dad never got out of New Jersey. Dad never got out of Passaic. He's like, you're in Saudi Arabia. You're in Dubai. You're here, you're there. He's like, you're dad 2.0. You're doing this to a bigger scale. And I almost was like, like I didn't want to be disrespectful. I was like, I'm not going to ever say, that. I'm not going to ever believe that. That's my pops, you know, like. No, I don't want to disrespect his legacy, but you're not. You're making the legacy greater because he created you. Your mom and your dad created you. That's why you're only building on the legacy, right? You're making it greater so that every generation, there's a better version of your family that is coming into the world. And that's what you have to focus on. And I think that that's such a powerful point that you've made. And therein lies the tension is that, you know, um, like you said, you don't want, you don't have to follow the footprints, but you can have them beside them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's this concept of maybe the um, ceiling of this generation be the floor of the next. Mm -hmm. And that aspiration in itself can be intimidating or it can be inspiring. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it really depends on the mindset of the next gen. Right. Yeah. So you can either see it as I'm building on mom and dad's legacy or you can see it as, oh, my God, like yeah. they've done all of this. And I'm supposed to. Yeah. Frightening. Like and it just makes you just want to bolt in the opposite direction or just yeah. stay in, in the cave and not mm -hmm. want to come out. And 
So you, you do a lot of mindset coaching for people in that kind of a situation where they feel intimidated. What do you say to them? Like, what are the tips they can, you know, um, I don't want to make this a hack thing because I know it's not yeah, hacks, sure, right? Sure, sure. <laughs> but, you know, what do they need to focus on to move past that intimidation and move yeah. into inspiration? Well, first you have to understand that your mind has anywhere from 60 to 100,000 thoughts a day, probably more, right? So you have to ask yourself, what are you filling your mind with? Now, if you fill yourself with these thoughts of, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, there's no way, I can't, this is impossible. If you fill your vocabulary with those words, 80 to 100,000 times a day, that is exactly what you're gonna believe. We are whatever we pretend to be. Kurt Vonnegut said that. We are whatever we pretend to be. If you pretend to not be good enough, your mind is going to make you believe that and you're going to not be good enough every day. So first, it's the conversation you're having with yourself, right? What are you saying to yourself every day? Take a day and write down just all the negative thoughts that come across your head when it comes to, like if, you're, if you have a family meeting, right? What are some of the thoughts that, you, that, you, that come across your head during that meeting? Is your voice heard in that meeting at all, right? Are you a little quiet, you reserved? What's stopping you from talking? I remember a story that you were telling me on my podcast, Nikki, when you were saying how you're in a room with mainly males, right? And like for you, it's like for you to like express your voice and like share your knowledge and what you know, you're a brilliant human being, right? So it's like, you have to speak up. And sometimes it's just a little bit at a time, right? Sometimes it's maybe a sentence here, two sentences there. And the next thing you know, you find your voice. It's like riding a bike. You fall, fall, fall. And then as soon as you catch your balance, you can ride all day long. That's the same thing with confidence, right? Do small little acts of confidence, things that you never would have dreamed of doing. And it could be the smallest little thing. I'm going to talk in my family meeting today. I'm going to suggest something. And even if they say, please, boy or girl, shut up, right? Even if you get that backlash, you did something that you've never done before. And then you can build on that. That's so powerful because um, nothing great comes from comfort. And essentially what you're saying is we need to practice little acts of discomfort mm -hmm. so we can do greater acts of discomfort. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you started off saying that these, the silence, um, the loudest people are the most silent on social media, for instance. And it's from not practicing being in areas of discomfort, I believe. And so now then they're now like in this hour where it just feels super uncomfortable. Um, and they're just like, you know, running to safety and yeah. just choosing to stay silent. But we can't stay silent at, you know, moments like this. How much um, time do you have? Like, that's another thing I ask people is like, how much time do you actually think you have on this earth? Hmm. If you're next gen, right, right off the bat, the amount of gratitude that you should have should hmm. be immense because you have parents that did everything in their power to make sure that your life is a good one. And not just your life, your kids' lives and their kids. They're trying to create generational wealth. Mm. Not get you rich one time, but generational wealth that they can pass down. So right off the bat, the amount of gratitude that mm. you have should be mm. immediate. You should be thinking, wow, I've, I've won the lottery with this. My parents like really are looking for my best interest, my kids' best interest. And then there's got to be a level of responsibility to continue it, right? Responsibility, yeah. Gotta, mm -hmm. It's got to come to you, right? Like you have to say, if my parents work so hard for me 
to be in the situation. How disrespectful would it be if I didn't work even harder for my kids to show them what work looks like, right? And then you have a history of work that's passed down from generation to generation to generation. My mom didn't do a ton of preaching to me. She showed me with her actions what hard work looked like. And that's why I was able to work. That's why I'm able to this day to work as hard as I work because my mom showed me what it looks like. This mm. is what you do, baby, if you want to be successful. Mm. Now, if you don't, you can do something else. But to survive, be successful, to thrive, whatever, you need to put this amount of work in. You've got this really powerful message on overcoming adversity and finding purpose and, you know, focusing on mindset and just thinking about where we are right now, 2020, Rona, BLM, and, you know, all manner of, we've had a very interesting past decade and a year or half a year. <laughs> um, and some family businesses have had really difficult times. Um, do you have any ideas on how next gens can find, perhaps find purpose in this yeah. season and how they can manage their mindsets? Yeah. I, well, I have a t-shirt that's out now in my clothing line. It's pivot or perish, right? Pivot or perish. And there's, there's two things you can do. And this is not to um, demean what's going on. I never say, oh, you know, pick yourself up, blah, 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 blah. All this nonsense that you hear these influence with in big quotes say. Right. I'm not saying that I am a speaker. That means I travel the world to speak. It's very hard to travel the world when the planes are shut down. Right. I ain't walking to Africa. Right. Like I, and I'm not that great a swimmer. I ain't making it. Right. So I need travel to commence. I need people to be in buildings. And I said to myself, okay, see what have you been wanting to do that you've been too busy on a plane and hanging out with your sister, Nikki Anani, and these dope people from all over the, the, the planet. <laughs> what have you been wanting to do? I said, well, I can finish my book about entrepreneurship. Mm. Okay, book done. I can create an app. Okay, that's gonna be out in a week. Okay, I can do a positivity summit online and get my sisters, Nikki and Cece, that are from Zimbabwe and Nigeria and all over. That was amazing. That was amazing. Right, mm. so I do that. And then I'm like, okay, well, why don't I start this clothing line? Okay, I can do that. So. This Rona, Rona, this chick is crazy, but Rona, <laughs> what she's allowed us to do <laughs> is take time and get creative. So yeah. if you have a business and you're not thinking to yourself, well, what's next and not why me? Hmm. Oh, you're, hmm. you're in trouble, right? It's got to be what now? When that stuff happens, as soon as I was coming back from Texas, I spoke in Austin, Texas. I was flying back. It was a week into Rona, right? No one knew how crazy this chick was, right? So Rona comes in, takes her earrings out, starts fighting with everybody. Like, I'm about to, I'm about to, like, make everybody sick, right? Oh, God. And, and the, the airports are kind of eerie. And all the way back, Nikki, I'm saying to myself, what are you going to do when you land? That's the first thing I was saying. Like, what are you going to do when you land? This is probably going to be your last. I was supposed to go to Dubai that next week. That shit was already shut down. I was yeah. like, what are you going to do when you land? And I sat down and I started pivoting and I started to create. And I said, okay, these are the things that I can do right now. And that's what you have to do. You can pivot or you can perish. You can create or you can die. And you have to see things before they're coming. You have to see like, no one knew Rona was coming, but once she was here, Right. I, I did this whole Facebook live about thunder. 
Now, if you're in the water swimming with your friends and you hear thunder and you don't see any light in the sky, cloud looks kind of clear. There's some, there's some dark clouds out there, but I just hear thunder. And then you, you know, swimming again next to, you know, the thunder starts to get a little bit closer. You're still swimming, doing a backstroke, hanging out with your little hood rat friends. And then next thing you know, all the dark clouds are in front of you. Now, the thunder gave you the sign a long time ago. The storm said, hey, dummy, we're coming. And you decided to stay in the water, right? That's what some of these us business people do. As business people, we're, we're in the water and we see signs and we're just like, yeah. nah. And then next thing you know, hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool. And next thing you know, Rona's like, let me take my earrings out. <laughs> That's all she wrote. <laughs> oh, she's so ghetto. <laughs> oh, Rona doesn't care. Rona does not care. <laughs> I love that. But you know what? Like, I think there's a conversation as entrepreneurs that we don't have very often, and that's entrepreneurial shame. Mm. And I think the issue is a lot of entrepreneurs just get stuck because it's like, oh my God, Rona's happened. My business is shut down. I've got no revenue. I've got overhead of salaries. How do I look? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, what do they think of me now? Um, there's a lot of, you know, what, wh- how am I perceived? Um, that whole conversation. And it's, it, it cripples and isolates. Um, you just imprison and torture yourself with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a whole conversation on that that entrepreneurs don't have about shame. You know, those conversations you have with yourself, you know, during difficult seasons. How do you lift yourself up? If we don't acknowledge it, then we can't lift ourselves up. If we don't say to each other, say, yeah, I, I had a struggle with this feeling, then we can't share with one another how, you know, the tips that we um, implemented to help ourselves through those seasons. But yeah, I just find that there's this whole silence and everyone's just boss babing on Instagram and, you know, entrepreneur life and, you know, money mindset and all this stuff. Like, I'm like, really, though? Is that how it is? <laughs> Being an entrepreneur is not like that. You said something that's beautiful, and I never heard it used that way. I wrote it down. Entrepreneurial shame. And that's 100% correct. But there's a difference between Afrocentric thinking and Eurocentric thinking. Hmm. Afrocentric thinking is Ubuntu, right? I am because we are. Afrocentric thinking is we're going to all climb up the mountain. Afrocentric Hmm. thinking is if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Hmm. Eurocentric thinking is I've got to win. I've Mm. got to come up on top. Even if I have to step on your shoulders to get on top, I'm going to do it. Right? There's a difference. So when you see entrepreneurs, view Google entrepreneurs, what faces will you see? Not Mm. people that look like me and Nikki. Yeah. No. Who are the prevalent entrepreneurs? They're a way lighter hue than us. Right? So it's more of a Eurocentric thinking where you got to compete, you got to do this, you got to crush your competition, blah, blah, blah. No, dummy. What if we were all Sherpas and help one another up the mountain? Mm. What if I said, man, Nikki, how can I make what you do bit better? And you were like, hey, see, how can I make what you do better? We've both been on each other's podcast. You spoke at my positivity summit. Mm-hmm. I spoke at UNCC's beautiful event. Like mm-hmm. this is, and no one's like, hey, give me money for this. Give me, we just do it because one, we love each other. We're family. And mm-hmm. two is because that's how everybody wins. Mm-hmm. 
right? And it's like, people think that there's only like this small piece of the pie. The pie is the globe. That's the pie, mm -hmm. right? It's the globe. It's plenty to give around. It's plenty to share. But until we change our mindset as entrepreneurs and start saying, well, collaboration is key and not mm -hmm. I'm going to crush people, right? Mm -hmm. Then it, it's not going to change. Wow. Wow. Um, pivot or perish? I was going to ask you about that. That's, I saw that on your Instagram as well. And some businesses, unfortunately, just will perish because of by nature of you know what what the way they're made up. Um, and this hour just does is not that way inclined. Mm. And so a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of next gens are having to enter into a season of new beginnings, yeah. having to pivot. And how you know. A lot of mindset um, warring will probably be happening now. Fear of failure, imposter syndrome. Mm. That's another one we don't talk about much. How can they overcome those limiting mindsets mm. in trying to in trying to pivot so they don't perish? Yeah. Well, a lot of limiting mindsets comes from our views on what other people think of us. Right. A lot of our limiting mindsets comes from like you, what you said, the entrepreneurial shame. We're so worried about uh, perception. We're so worried about how people are going to perceive us when our bank goes bankrupt, our business goes bankrupt, or how people are going to perceive us when we have to shut, shut the shop down, right? What are they going to think? You know, I just took a picture with a rented Ferrari and I said entrepreneur life. And now I got to re return that and hop in my 1989 Toyota Corolla and drive off, right? You're worried about the wrong things, right? Our limited mindset comes from society. Our limited mindset comes from imagery that we see on, see on TV. A limited mindset comes from imagery that we see on social media of everybody driving around in a Lambo. That is bullshit. That's bullshit. It's not accurate, right? There's everybody's a motivational speaker. 5% of them get paid, right? 5% of them maybe get paid. I didn't, get, I didn't get paid for my first eight months of speaking, right? I've had people tell me, well, you know, I'm like, oh, where'd you, get, where'd you speak in that picture? Well, I wasn't speaking for anybody. I just took a picture on a podium. Oh, Lord. I was like, oh, so there was zero audience. For the optics, for the optics, for the, the gram. <laughs> I don't do it for the gram, I do it for Compton. Like, you, like you're just doing it for the optics. Yeah. Doing it for the optics. Do it. Now, if you, if you had a sewing business and your business went under and you're saying to yourself, well, I don't know if I want to start up sewing. One of the things that you can do to kind of get a reset is talk to creatives. Talk to people that are forward thinking. Start getting your circle tight. When I talk to you, Nikki, I'm already energized. I'm already mm -hmm. like, let's go. Because yeah. we're, we're the same. Like, we're like, let's pour into each other. Let's talk. Let's have, we have ideas. If I have an idea, I always want to share it with you. I'm like, yeah. what do you think of this? Right? Like, because that is going to give me energy and maybe spark some thought or uh, a thought pattern that I don't have right now. You might mm. get me down this rabbit hole where I'm like, oh, I can explore that. That's a good idea. So first, it's like, who do you hang around with? You hang around do-nothing people, you're going to be a do-nothing person. You hang around creatives, you're going to start creating. Sometimes you can pour into someone else's purpose and find your own, right? 100%. You might have a business that's different than mine, but hey, you know what? Let me, let me shadow with you. Let me help you any way I can. And next thing you know, something comes up in my mind where I'm like, you know what? I can do this. And... I, you might pour into someone else's purpose and find your own. I think that's the truth for a lot of next gens is 
they may not end up staying in the family business forever and ever, amen. Um, they may end up starting their own thing on the side and evolving into a different role. I think that's so important. And you also mentioned collaboration. Um, to collaborate, we have to learn to trust one another. Yeah. I think that's a huge one. Yeah. Um, that's why we're not seeing as much collaboration as we really ought to, right? Um, and that's really where we'll see the Ubuntu, which can you imagine you were the first person to teach me about Ubuntu? I'd never heard about it before. You mentioned <laughs> it to me. And you, I, I'm supposed to be the African. And I was just like, what? I'm not what even are you talking you. about? I'm learning from you. I'm like, Nikki, tell me more Africa. I was like, what is Ubuntu? It was in Mauritius. I was like, Ubuntu, interesting. And then I started reading up on it. I was like, oh my God, this this puts to words my whole life philosophy. Yeah. Um, But I'd never heard of it. I was like, this is incredible. How in this hour um, can we imbibe Ubuntu? As individuals, you know, as leaders, communities, how do you think we can invite the values of Ubuntu right now? Yeah, well, I'll just use it in terms of people that don't know what it means, right? Like, it essentially means I am because we are. So if we're all in the same village, right? We're in Anani village, okay? This is a beautiful village. Everybody's fly, everybody's dressed dope, blah, 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 blah. We're all cool. And in this village, me and Nikki are doing phenomenal. We are absolutely killing it in life. But there are people that are not. There are people that are struggling. There are people that are, that's not living Ubuntu as in terms of, as a community, right? There's us and then there's them. Now, Ubuntu is, if we said, like, we're not, we don't have to give you a fish, but we can teach you how to fish, right? We can empower you. We can share what has helped us. We can pick you up. Oh, you need soup? Oh, we got you. Here's some soup. But look, we're having a meeting about this. Why don't you guys join on? right? Let's lift each other up because now you're lifting the whole entire community. It's not just a, it's not top heavy, right? All the, a lot of countries are top heavy and bottom heavy. There's nothing in the middle because we're not passing it on. So Ubuntu to me is, I want to see everybody succeed. I want to see everybody win, that want to win because there are plenty of people that don't want to win. There are plenty of people that are happy being like, I don't want to do anything, right? I'm talking about the people that want to win, that want to do better, I want to help those people as much as I can. And what society originally like was, you know, in, built on this very principle of communal living and lifting each other up. What happened? Like, I, I, this is a heavy question. For Racism. You now. I, <laughs> <laughs> but what happened? Like, even in even here in Africa, like we, there's so much division. Yeah. Um, what happened along the way where businesses, for instance, City always mentions businesses are to serve communities. That was the original philosophy. Mm-hmm. But now we see a lot of self-inward thinking. Um, and yeah, there's that, that Ubuntu philosophy has somehow fizzled out in well, the, definition, the definition of success has changed. That's the biggest thing. That's what it is, yeah. Success right. back in the days was having a family, being happy, having friends, you know, having enough success now is having a private jet, it's having a fancy car, it's materialistic. So we went away from human connection to materialistic connection. And yes. that's, what, that's what's changed so much. That is so, so apt. And my last question for you. <laughs> um, 
after Runa, after our girl, oh, no. our ghetto girl. <laughs> our ghetto girl. In your view, what are the new skill sets that this emerging leaders will need to have to be able to sail through Runa and beyond? Yeah, I think one is going to be pivoting, right? Being able to pivot, being able to think on your feet, uh, be able to, being able to move fast. Another one is being even more empathetic than you were before and understanding that not everybody's situation is the same, right? There are some businesses that literally them and all their employees are no longer here and they will never be created again by, those that, by that person, right? They're gone, they've been decimated. So understanding that not everybody is in your situation. There are people that are fortunate enough that can still work. There's people that are fortunate enough that are creative that can create work, but there are plenty of people that aren't. So I think uh, being able to pivot, uh, being empathetic, and just being resilient. Like being mm. like we've been punched in the mouth so many times. So it's like somebody's rolling Jumanji dice right now. Like so many times, right? Understand how tough you are. You're tougher than you think. You're tough. You're tougher mm. than you thought you were. You're still standing. If you're listening to this amazing podcast, if you make it to September, you're still standing, right? You've got some grit to you. So make sure to remember that when the next thing happens. Like killer honeybees or whatever they try to throw. <laughs> Incredible passing words from my amazing brother, Cornell. Thank you. It's been an honor having you here. It's been great. Great conversation. Great jokes. Fun to have you as always. Always. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. Incredible. What I love about Cornell is that he doesn't hold back. He lives and imbibes his true authentic self. And that call to find our voices is really crucial. Finding our voice isn't about being the loudest in the room. Um, finding our, our voice is about speaking against injustice and how apt is that in this hour. But you know what? Finding our voice requires courage. It requires seeing a situation where we would ordinarily be intimidated, but having the ability to twist it on his head and be inspired. So moving from intimidation to inspiration, that takes, it requires taking risks. It requires courage. And Brene Brown, she defines courage as being able to speak one's mind by telling all of one's hearts. So really, as Cornell said, those conversations that we're having with ourselves are so crucial. So we discover what is in our hearts. Who are we as individuals? And then find that courage to be able to tell all of one's mind. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Take good care and God bless you.